0: The Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, church. My name is Oshita and I'm 18 years of age. I have a twin. I just finished school. And I've been a part of this church for six years consecutively now. Uh, but this morning, Chris and I have the absolute honor of sharing the word with you all this morning. And we are focusing on the topic of the scoffer versus the humble and so when hudson uncle came to me asking me to share from proverbs he listed a few topics that i could choose from and this one the scoffer versus the humble it really stuck out to me i was instantly drawn to this one and this is because i knew that i wanted to learn how to be humble in my everyday life but more on this krish and i discovered that through our research Being more humble means developing an attitude of humility and expressing it through our words and our actions and our choices. And so before we share that with you today, I'm just going to pray over us. Um, Before I pray, I always like to take a deep breath and invite God to meet with us. So I'm gonna ask you to take a deep breath with me this morning, ready? In and out. Father, please meet with us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given Chris and I to share your word this morning. I pray Father that you lay on our hearts what you want to hear and I thank you so much that you love us so much that you want us to change to be better people, to serve you Father. I pray Lord that you help us as we hear from you this morning if we have anything on our hearts to share and to bring it to you Father, to lay it at your feet. I pray that your will be done in this place this morning. Amen. Amen. So, before I start, I just want to take a look at some definitions of scoffing and humble. So, um, what is scoffing? Um, when I first thought of scoffing, I thought it was more of like a facial expression accompanied by a sound. It was like... <sighs> But um, further looking into more dictionary definitions, I discovered it was more about mocking or dismissing, condemning and ridiculing people. But to give us a fuller picture of what scoffing looks like, we can turn to the Bible. In Proverbs 21:24, it says that the scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. So we can tell that scoffing is rooted in arrogance and pride, and this is often based on love for oneself. In an article by Holly Mackle, she says that scoffing is better defined by the emotion it seeks to evoke. Rather than aiming at joy or love, scoffing shoots for sadness, heartache, or anger. Scoffing isn't just making a comment for the fun of it. Scoffing is making a comment with the intention to make someone else feel negatively. And so, alternatively, what is humility? As Rick Warren said in his book, Uh, Purpose Driven Life, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Humility is thinking more of others. And Krish and I were really drawn to this definition as it correctly tells us about how, although we can often confuse humility with thinking that we are worthless, that we are nothing, actually, it means to shift our focus less on the object of ourselves and more on God and his goodness. And so from our love for God, we reflect in a love for his creation, in a love for his people, and this is demonstrated in thinking of others more. Philippians 2, 3 to 4 tells us to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Humility is putting the needs of others selflessly above our own without expecting anything in return. Humility is rooted in love. Love for God and love for others. And so now we're going to begin by looking at a few scenarios at, um, and how a scoffer and a humble person would um, approach these scenarios. Um, hopefully this will give us a better picture of what these look like in our everyday life. Um, but I'm bringing this to you because actually one of the biggest challenges that I have um, noticed from this preaching series of Proverbs is that I really felt called out or convicted um, from the preachers because I realised and I've noticed that this behavior that I don't even know that I'm doing, it's, it's something that I need to realize and repent and bring to the Father about. And so with giving and receiving criticism, let's look at how firstly the scoffer will give and receive criticism. So the scoffer will act out of pride and look to shame and ridicule those who have made a mistake. They will think that they are better or that their mistake is not as big as the other person, that the other person has made a mistake bigger than their own. And so when receiving criticism, the scoffer, they'll think they know it all and that the other person, they know nothing. They will refuse to listen. Proverbs 13.1 says, a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And so now let's look at how the humble handle criticism. So when the humble handle criticism with both giving and receiving criticism, they will approach this with grace, graciously teaching others out of love for them. We know that this is how the Lord teaches us. He teaches us, with love for us, and we can see this shown in the verse in Proverbs 3.12, which reads, for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Our God, who is seated on high, out of love for us, graciously teaches us in our own critiquing to others. This way, it may not be harsh or cause and stir up conflict, but rather, it is a gentle and loving way of teaching others. Those who act with an attitude of humility will do so knowing that they in themselves are weak. They in themselves and their worldly self is corrupted, and therefore, they will strive to listen to the criticisms and corrections of others in order to flourish and grow. In um, Proverbs 15:21, it reads, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to the correction, you will grow in understanding. And so our next scenario is how the scoffer or the humble handle achieving success. So how will the scoffers handle success? The scoffers will brag about their success they will speak in a way that is belittling others or even trying to provoke jealousy in others. It might be that the scoffers know that they they have a lot, and they believe that they've achieved all these things by their own strengths, leading them to believe that they are better and higher than other people. Sometimes it's even the success of others For example, my child did this, my child did that, my child has these grades, my child is this talented, and they did all these great things. And your child, yeah, well, they're just okay. But now let's look at how the humble handle success. The humble handle success by knowing and viewing their success and what they have achieved as a gift from God and provision from the Lord. This way, they will pass the credit and hand it to whom it rightly belongs, our Father in heaven. With this humility, they will be humble with their words also. Proverbs 27.2 says, "'Let someone else praise you, "'not your own mouth, a stranger, "'not your own lips. We can know that success in itself, it's not a bad thing. Having talents and being good at things, they in themselves are not bad. But it's when we begin to brag about these things. It's when you focus more on yourself and your own greatness. Being humble knows that having a lot of things does not make you better than anyone else. As said in Proverbs 19:16. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Knowing that you have a lot and still choosing to act in a way that reflects the truth of the fact that God is in control of our lives shows true humility. And similarly, knowing that even if you do not have a lot, everything that you have and need God provides your humility will shine. And so with our final scenario, let's look at how the scoffers and the humble respond to different opinions. So when the scoffers are met with different opinions, they will look to dismiss opposing views, they will act stubborn, and they will not be open to change. The scoffers will make every effort to win the fight. Um, sometimes there can even be disagreements and quarrelling within the church um, that results from people firmly rejecting a, different opinions. In these situations, it's really important to keep conversations open because there's no need to disregard someone else's opinion just because it differs from your own. That can create a divide in the church where it's not necessary. Because at the end of the day, we all know that Jesus Christ died for our sins all the same. And that is where our salvation is. And so we can choose to value other people's opinions and keep peace rather than stir up conflict. And that is how we honor and love them. So finally, let's look at how the humble responds to different opinions. So. The humble know that they are not looking to win the fight. The humble know that belittling and insulting and showing contempt to even those who scoff towards you is not bringing glory to the Father. And so those who are humble instead put away the human urge to argue because they know that even if they are right, they would rather make effort to resolve the conflict and keep the unity and harmony. The humble know that just because they are right doesn't mean they have to argue. In Proverbs 15:1, it tells us that, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This is a significant act of humility, as you are choosing to not respond by matching the other person's emotions and their reactions, but rather you are taking the initiative to be gentle and loving in your answers. The humble do this in knowing that winning the heart of the person is more important than winning the argument. And so, um, I just want to highlight one key thing to you this morning, It's that people aren't just naturally humble, the way that some people are just naturally tall, or some people just naturally small. Um, But we are told to humble ourselves, because it is an action that we take. When you face a situation, and there are two ways in which you can handle it, we have to decide to be humble. Sometimes we can even question, why do we have to be humble? Why can't we just respond in a way that matches other people's reactions and, and you know work for them to have that argument? But actually, now I'm just going to invite my fellow small person and our beloved Krishna onto the stage to tell us more about choosing
1: humility. Hello. Oh, you can hear me. I was going to ask, can you hear me? I can hear myself. Um, I'm gonna leave that to the side. Um, yeah, so we so far we've looked at what scoffing is, what humility is. We looked at what it might look like in our everyday lives, and say now you've got to the point. There's a situation in front of you. You have to decide: do I scoff, or do I be humble? And you got to a point where you're thinking, why be humble? Like, why should I have to be the one to lower myself? Let's explore that. So, firstly, why be humble? We're instructed to be like Christ, and he is the ultimate example of humility. 1 Peter two twenty one it says, "'For to this you have been called, "'because Christ also suffered for you, "'leaving an example, "'so that you might follow in his footsteps.'" We're not just following in his footsteps when it's good and fun and happy. Sometimes we have to do things we don't wanna do. Sometimes we have to suffer, and in that, Christ was the ultimate example. He left his throne, he left all the power, all the glory. I heard someone once like, compare it to living, being, us being asked to live like an ant. It might feel a bit useless, pathetic. Why are we doing that? But in Philippians 2, it says, but he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on to. Instead, he gave up his design privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Sometimes humility means bringing ourselves so low that it's a little bit uncomfortable. We think, what will people think? If I say that or I do this or I stand up for this person, how am I supposed to do that? But Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. For the very people that were learning from him, he didn't just pick a favorite. He didn't wash one person's feet. He washed all their feet. And even though he knew there was one in there that was going to betray him, and we are called to do the same. Jesus said in John 13:14, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's. If Jesus humbled himself, who are we to think we are above that? Secondly, God is pleased with the humble and shows them favor. Letting go of our pride and not scoffing at others pleases our Father. Luke 3:16. In that, John the Baptist is talking about Jesus coming and he says, I baptize you with water, and he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandal I'm unworthy to tie. And yet, despite being so mighty, Jesus humbled himself and was baptized later um, in order to fulfil God's plan. In Luke 3, later on we read, now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, and with you I am well pleased. God was pleased with Jesus, and God is pleased with us when, when we're humble, and as a Christian we're following his ways and we're trying to please him, because at the end of the day he's who we look to and not only does he just, is he just pleased with us, it says that he also shows us favour. And if we look at the story of King Solomon, he had a lot of things and, he, and at one point God asked him, what do you want? And he could have asked for anything. He knows that God's capable of giving him anything. And yet he asked for wisdom to govern God's people. And God was pleased with that and he answered his prayer, us looking to proverbs for wisdom, is evidence of answer to that prayer. God answered his prayer for wisdom. So, firstly, we do it because to be like Christ, and secondly, it pleases God. And it pleases God, and he shows us us favour, and thirdly, it glorifies the Father. Choosing to be humble ourselves, to obey his word, brings him glory. In 1 Peter 5, 6, it says humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand. In, later in the verse it says how he'll lift us up. But at, at the end of the day, the instruction is to humble ourselves before God, to follow his commands. And sometimes that's just surrendering and saying, you know what? Your desires are greater than mine. But actually, out of obedience, we know God is good and we, if we follow his ways, goodness comes too. When people see the fruit of that obedience, when they see the goodness, the kindness, the love that will come from us, actually it will point them towards him. Jesus says in John fifteen eight, when you produce much fruit, you are my disciples, my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. The way um, when like little children behave really well and their parents get told, oh, you've done a great job. Because people can see that their teachings and their commands has really shaped the way this child acts. When people see us being humble and saying, I'm I'm acting like this, because actually that's what God wants me to do, it will point them to him and glorify him. So that's why, that's why. But when you get to the point of having to choose humility, just because you know why doesn't make it very easy. But there are ways we can develop the attitude of humility. Um, We're gonna look at some verses, some mostly from Proverbs to look for that wisdom. So one, remind yourself of who God is. Proverbs 22.4 teaches us that humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. We sang about how mighty God is and how powerful he is and how he has power over all thrones and dominions and everything. For those who don't quite know what fear of the Lord is, it means having total awe and reverence to who God is and acknowledge that he is sovereign. Um, doing this and reminding myself and learning about God changed how I see myself. Um, for a very long time, I struggled with comparing sins. And you wasn't perfect. And I didn't outwardly scoff at people. But the thought that I was just as sinful um, as maybe someone who physically abused people or had murdered or had stolen things that weren't theirs, I couldn't quite understand how I was the same as them. But I was, but I just, I just I couldn't understand it. I remember a few years ago I sat down and I was learning about how God is the God of justice. That he doesn't just dislike sin, he hates sin. He's so pure and good that he cannot be around it. And so my lesser sins were sin enough. There was no gray area, there was no scale. Sin is sin. And in that moment I had to really, well not even had to, I knew and it was so easy for me to then humble myself and understand that I needed just as much grace as everyone else. If you're struggling with humility I recommend learning and reflecting and reminding yourself of who God is. Proactively spend more time thinking about him because the greater he is, the easier it will be for us to lower ourselves. Secondly, I'm gonna try and be quick. Obedience when you really, really, really don't want to. Submission to God and his desires because they're more important than ours. In Proverbs 3.1, It says, my son, do not forget my teachings and let your heart keep my commandments. God, being all knowing sometimes instructs us to do things we don't understand. And our worldly flesh may wanna do something different, but when we humble ourselves before God, we know it's the wise and the right choice to follow him. And we can be encouraged by Colossians, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. This could be submitting to others Sometimes Ephesians five twenty one says tells us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's hard to think of others before ourselves, but we can be confident that when we do this, we are pleasing the Father. Um, as Kathy's mum in hospital, and she was in pain, and yet she was out there serving others and praying for them. And that leads on to my next point to develop an attitude of humility, serving others will really help. As Ashi mentioned earlier, thinking of yourself less is what humility is, is thinking of others more. We can get so wrapped up in our own lives, thinking about ourselves more makes us feel like we're really important and it can even result in scoffing. But Galatians 5.13 says, for you were called to freedom brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. When you serve others, you're in an environment of thinking of them more. That's literally what you're doing. And no task is too small, no person too unimportant. We are to serve each other wholeheartedly with love. But not just in church. We can serve each other and we listed all the different things people do and there's so many people you see on stage and go off, but not just in church. Proverbs 21:13 says, "Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered." Proverbs 31: Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the poor and needy. We're not helping others to help ourselves, but where we can, we should. Whether it's volunteering donating, or whether it's just helping someone out who's really tired, or mourning with those who mourn, or praying for people. Helping others will make life feel a little bit less just about us, because it's not. And really, that's kind of the end of what I want to say. But actually, something that, as Arshi said, is this series has been really good for convicting us and showing us where we need to change. And so it would be good if we could just have a few moments. We're gonna put a quote on screen and we're gonna play a song. But this moment is for you and God, to bring the parts of you that struggle to be humble, to ask for forgiveness for where you have scoffed, to ask for help for when you get to that crossroad and you have to choose to be humble and it's really not easy. If you felt convicted, ask for repentance We've talked about how gracious he is and how ready he is to help. You don't have to do this, it's not a journey you have to do by yourself. You also may feel like you need prayer or that you need to apologise to someone after this meeting, make time for it. It's really important. But at the end of the day, if we're thinking of ourselves less, thinking of God more, he will help shape us into a humble person. We'll quickly pray and then we'll just play the song and just where you are, Close your eyes, open your eyes, do whatever you need to do, but just focus on him. Our Father in heaven, thank you that you are a good God, that you are so good that nothing bad can come close to you. And Lord, we thank you, Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, that you chose to humble yourself and die on a cross so that we could be in relationship. And Lord, we just pray that you will help point out where we need to change our ways, where we need to maybe not scoff at others, where we need to just learn to humble ourselves. We pray that as a church, we'll be a church that has an attitude of humility, serving each other and serving those in our lives that don't come to church. And I just pray that you will connect with us in this moment and show us where we need to bring something to you. In Jesus' name, amen.